Welcome to the Zulu Time podcast, a straight talking conversation between two watch enthusiasts about the world of military watches. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Zulu Time podcast with your host Dan from at calmly underscore moments. Right guys, um, I am late on, on an episode. I didn't do one for February, mainly because February is a short month and I've been really busy. Um, but that being said, um, because there's actually been watch events and watch stuff happening in March, um, you're in for a bit of a treat with this episode. So I've managed to coerce Mark. He's shaking his head. You can't see this, but um, he's shaking his head at me. But I've managed to coerce Mark uh, from Jana Watch to come and talk with me about the recent um, watch event that we went to together and just talk about some of the watches that we liked um, at the event. Um, and that's really it, to be honest. So um, without further ado, Mark, how are you getting on? Hi, Dan. Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, all well at my end, same as you, really busy at the minute with work, but uh, yeah, all good. Yeah, um, it was quite um, nice to get away from the busyness of work and going down to, to Henley, wasn't it, last week? Yeah, it was. It was nice to meet up. I haven't seen you for quite a while now so uh, nice to get to the Vermont event there uh, I know they had a whole week of townhouse so uh, they had a busy week but uh, yeah we met up on was it Tuesday evening wasn't it so uh, yeah. yeah good for the launch of the new watches yeah it was really good I had a two and a bit hour drive down in a courtesy car guys which was not my actual car due to mine being in for a service and um my drive down was particularly, well, I just felt dangerous and unsafe, to be honest, because I was in a roller skate of a car. And I pulled into the car park um, at the wing to be confronted with, I'm pretty sure, like three Ferraris at one point. And I was just like, I'm going to go park in the far end corner so no one can see me get out of this shit box. Uh, you should have just got there early like I did. I think I was there about an hour before everyone else because, uh, like you, two-hour drive, but uh, timing it didn't really work out well. So uh, I managed to get in the car park before all the posh cars arrived, should we say. Yeah. Just, just hit on. Probably spent more time driving. Yeah, I, I definitely spent more time driving. the event. Yeah, I did as well. Um, before we get into the actual event, um, obviously the only tradition that we've got on this podcast is a wrist check. So, Mark, as you're my guest, mate, what watch have you got on today? Yeah, um, today I've got a, uh, a Vertex MP45 with a black dial, uh, and today I'm wearing it on a Vertex standard uh, tan NATO strap. Uh, nice, comfy watch. Really love it. Uh, great watch, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've got one of those as well. Really nice watch. I like the uh, display back on it. I think it's really cool, uh, skeletonized kind of plate on it, which has obviously all the vertex details. We can kind of still see the bits that move, which is really cool. Um, you actually took that to Malta, didn't you? Which was your... I did, yeah. Yeah, I've been to Malta a couple of times in the last uh, sort of month and a half. Uh, yeah, took it along, got some nice shots, uh, took a load of other watches. I think everyone in the airport just looks at you like a right weirdo when you go through security and bags get checked and out you pull at 10 different watches. But uh, yeah, no, uh, I did take it, yeah. Nice, nice. Did you um, take it in the sea? The only reason I asked that is because I took mine in the sea and it actually did quite well for a chronograph. So, and, and didn't uh, have any no, drama. It was, it, was a, it was a work trip, so there was no swimming in the sea. So, uh, unfortunately, okay. no, I didn't. Well... I mean, at least you got some winter sun, even though it was a work trip. Um, 
the watch that I've got on today is a Bremont because I felt that I'd keep it in keeping with the with, you know, the main topic of this episode. I've got my uh, DLC Bremont Alt One ZT, which is obviously the uh, twelve hour chronograph with date and the GMT function. Uh, mine is a special project. Uh, it's um, for the UK Wildcat Force when I was attached to Army Rotary Wing Aviation and Reconnaissance, which is really cool. Um, and I like it because it's um, the only Bremont watch that I have in DLC. And because it's a special project, we were allowed to buy them in DLC as an option, whereas the ZT at retail only comes in stainless steel. Um, on the subject of DLC, there was a lot of DLC at, at Townhouse this week, uh, last week, wasn't there? Yeah, I think that's this year's uh, fashion, isn't it, for Bramont? Uh, most of the watches they launched, uh, bar the Williams watch, I think, were all uh, DLC black watches. Uh, remind me if I'm wrong. I can't remember now. There was that many uh, uh, watches that came out. Uh, oh, there's yeah. a couple of bronze. Uh, the the Argonaut in uh, a bronze uh, with a couple of different dial uh, options. Uh, the Williams. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's one other, but I can't think now. Yeah, there was one more. Um, it was a limited watch, whereas the other ones that you've mentioned are pretty much um, off the top of my head. I believe the Williams isn't a limited watch as it were in terms of how many they're making i think it's just limited in the fact that it's a you know collaboration piece for this season and they'll make however they make as that relationship develops um, but the only other watch was a numbered limited watch which was the dam buster uh, which wasn't in dlc so um yeah there you go but you're right everything else was pretty much dlc uh, and non-limited so you had the Supermarine Jet series, uh, which consisted of the Jet S500, which was the non-diver, but it had a GMT on it. And then you had the chronograph version, which also has the GMT. Um, and they were sported by uh, Foxy and Aldo, if I remember rightly. Yeah, that's right. I think the, I think that was their buzz line, the, you know, don't be scared of the dark or something. And, uh, you know, operators that wear watches at night etc so uh, i think that fell in line with the black dlc part uh, yeah quite well yeah yeah um i think they look really cool actually um but the one that surprised me that looked really good in dlc was the airco so they've um, they've done an airco and traditionally the airco is a little bit it's smaller than the other watches it's 40 mil um, normally, in my experience and my opinion on it, a lot of them tend to be a little bit more dressy, the Airco line. Um, but this one's like yeah. a fully blacked out version with like, like shiny steel hands, which is really cool. I think it made the, the hands pop. But it's interesting that they pushed the Supermarine Jet in the videos and the, in the launch event, you know, and got Aldo and Foxy to talk about it. But they just kind of like silently launched that Airco. Because I remember it was in the box and we both looked at it thinking, what is that? You know, because we didn't recognise right, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. In the, in, in the Pelly case that they had, uh, or their watch case with all the with all the watches, that was one that we picked up on and, and, and wasn't visible on the video launch. Hmm. Um, but it's quite nice with a, with a small red uh, sort of accents in it around the, uh, the dial, uh, the, the numbers. So, yeah, there's a few little bits of colour in there, but it is mostly black. And then I think it's got a... Is it a sailcloth uh, strap, which is in a sort of more of a dark green rather than the yeah. light green that used to be on the Vermont broadsword? So, yeah, just 
uh, a nice clean watch really uh, yeah. good size I suppose not too rugged uh, whereas the other two the Supermarine and the the S502 jet that's come out is uh, they're both quite big rugged chunky watches so I suppose that uh, fits in line with the, the full suite of watches yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think they've, like you said, I think they now have a DLC watch in all the sizes to kind of suit everybody's tastes, really, which is good. And obviously, in my case, to suit my girly sized wrists, because the chronograph um, is, I think, slightly bigger than my ZT. And if, if it's not, it's definitely looks bigger because the uh, pushers are like screwing. So the pushes are bigger. So it, it gives that overall impression that it will wear bigger. But then the S502 is, I'd get that number right, is really high, isn't it? It's quite a chunky height on, on that case. And I think that makes them look even bigger. Um, so mm -hmm. I think I personally would struggle wearing those. Um, the other watches that were launched, I personally like wasn't really a fan of the bronze Argonaut. Um, I think it's because I don't like personally like bronze watches. Um, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm not a sailor. I don't have that affiliation to, you know, the sea as much as people tend to have when it comes to bronze watches. Um, but I personally kind of take or leave that one. Um, but what I did really like was that Dan Buster watch. So that's limited to like 230 pieces. Uh, the reason it's 230 or 232 is because that's the, it was the speed in which the Lancaster bombers had to fly at in order to drop the bouncing bombs that were used during Operation Chastise in the war. So effectively, these watches commemorate the anniversary of Operation Chastise um, and the development of the bouncing bomb. That's right, and then and then uh, there's some nice takes on that being a, you know taken after a, an older watch. You've got the uh, vintage loom uh, and the yeah. the, the numbers at twelve to I think it's four and eight are all like a vintage loom color. Yeah, uh, so it really stands out those and the rest are white. But uh, yeah, I think it was to do with the speed, wasn't it? And then the dates yeah. on there for uh, 1943 under Vermont. So that's quite yeah. a nice little touch, uh, adding to the the whole package. And and that case back on that is really. Yeah, White the case back's well. really cool. Yeah, the uh, case really back's really detailed, cool. uh, really nicely made and, and thought out just to honour the uh, unit that it came from. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think well, I they showed that, and I'm not sure, release end of the year, I think, isn't it? Towards yeah, yeah like it's towards that. the end of the year, in, into next year. What I really yeah. liked about that is the watch winder display that we saw, that, which I think was one of the first things that we gravitated to in the wing, because... I think Bramont know how to make a watch winder because it was in the shape of a Lancaster bomber <laughs> and they mounted the watches on the propellers of the engines and those were spinning and it looked like this Lancaster was like flying out of smoke out of the wall. So that was a really cool display to be fair. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And then they had a little smoke machine with it as well. So it even added to the the, the scene of the, the smoke and the way it comes out. I wish I'd have got a video of that. So I've got some good yeah. photos, but... Uh, yeah, I think there was, like you said, 232 of them are coming out. That was the speed of it. But yeah. additionally, I think with a package, you get a set of cufflinks, don't you? So that's that's quite a nice touch as well, because part of the cufflinks, are, uh, even though it's pure silver, they've got little bits of melted alloy in there from a, a, an original Lancaster that obviously doesn't fly anymore. So that, that's probably quite a nice touch as well. But yeah. Vermont always think about those extra little touches uh, to add to their packages for their limited watches. So that's, that's pretty nice. 
Yeah, yeah, I like, I like it. I like how they they kept that element of something from one of those aircraft or type of aircraft because I, I believe that the actual dam buster aircraft don't exist anymore you, you know the physical ones who actually did it because they were modified anyway but um it's nice that they've kept that kind of theme running through if you look like you said with the limited watches where you've got bits of a right flyer in it you know bits of an enigma machine and obviously in this case you've got the cufflinks with bits of a lancaster um, or metal from a lancaster in your cufflinks and i believe the cufflinks are in the shape of a lancaster as well yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's quite cool. Um, but the watch that I really liked, which I thought initially that I wouldn't, mainly because I don't really watch Formula One, uh, except for the first lap of every race in case there's a crash, because I think that's just like the, the sadist in me or the masochist in me, whichever one it is, um, is the Williams racing watches, because I felt they were just really well done. Like, I was surprised how well done they were because I thought it was going to have like Williams racing motifs all over it and there'd be like a Formula One car on it and you'd have to, you know, either be effectively, like you said, in Williams or own a Formula One car kind of thing, you know, or really into that sport to buy it. You know, it's a bit like the Jaguar watches. Like, I like the fact that they've got Jaguar watches, but I'd never buy one because I don't own a Jaguar and I'm not, there's no affiliation there for me, you know, but what I liked about the Williams watch is unless you turn it over, you actually don't know it's an affiliated watch. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Really, really nice, clean dial on it. Um, unfortunately, though, I think we only saw one of them, isn't it? There's a package deal where you can actually get two watches. Yeah. Um, and we only saw the chronograph uh, watch, yeah. like you say, with the rotary on the back that says Williams. So that definitely highlights, yeah. you know, what it's all about. Um they do a second one, uh, which we didn't get to see. I'm not sure if they have any on display yet, but uh, I think with that, you get a real good box set uh, and an opportunity to go. I think it was to Grove Park, wasn't it, to actually go and yeah. see um, what goes on at the home of Williams and, and, and how, the, how they prepare, et cetera, and have a look, a look at the cars that are coming out this season because it's all new cars. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, really, really nice watch, the one we did see, the chronograph of the white dial. And, again, um, I suppose you could compare it to some other watches out in the market, but really, it really was a clean looking watch, uh, especially yeah. with the small blue hands in the uh, in the chrono yeah. uh, dials. Yeah, I think like you said, it's it's got aesthetics from another watch, which is quite obvious, um, but that doesn't say it's a bad thing. I think clearly if it's a design that works, it works. And the, the colouring, I think, is spot on because obviously clearly the colouring is what matches it to this season's Williams car and, you know, the, the team itself. Um, what surprised me was when they were talking about it was the fact that there's like over 600 employees that work for Williams. I, I never knew that. I thought it was a really small team because obviously, and they worded it like that as well. They said, you know, people forget that there's more people than just the blokes on the track. So that's what surprised yeah, me. Yeah, fair one. I um, imagine Mercedes probably have a thousand odd, but you never know. I think if you watch yeah, that yeah. Formula One uh, on a program on uh, Netflix, I think it is, or uh, Amazon. Or yeah, Drive, drive uh, to Survive, isn't some, it? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. Uh, there's lots of good info on there about how many support yeah. it for that one driver. But uh, one thing you haven't mentioned, actually, is a new strap that they've got. That I was about to, really yeah. Outstanding. I, yeah, um, I... I like um, that attention to detail with it. So I'll let you talk about it. But it's I, an Alcantara strap, isn't it? Um, yeah. And that's basically the leather they use in Formula One uh, cars for certain parts, the seat or the uh, steering wheel, or in really expensive, uh, you know, 
cars out on the road now the leather that's in the the bucket seats for instance really really nice leather really really comfortable and just looks really good i mean i wonder how to wear it probably wear quite well um yeah. uh, over time but uh, i think there was a the black one on the uh uh chronograph and a blue uh strap on the uh plain dial uh watch so yeah. you know they are they are really posh and i know a lot of people have already been asking can you just buy the strap because they really did go down well especially on the townhouse we were at yeah. on tuesday night people were really really impressed with just the watch itself but that strap just really sets it off so yeah I'm sure yeah, that really. go down well, and I think Bramont will start stocking them uh, for all other watches in the future. Yeah, well, if Bramont are listening, and I like to think they, that they do occasionally listen to me talk about watches, um, I really want one because I think it would look really good on this. <laughs> I, it would look really good on this DLC ZT watch that I already own. Hint, that's hint. just Yuvia Neki. I mentioned yeah. it. So if they're going to send anyone one, that should be me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, fair one. Uh, we'll have to see if we can pick one up at a later date. Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Nice, nice looking straps. Yeah. What did you think of the wing? Because obviously we had had a tour earlier in summer. Um, and obviously it just opened. Um, and there was obviously different elements of the display in there. But I thought it was really cool to see how they utilize their space as, you know, to host it in terms of hosting an event. Um, yeah. Because we've seen them, haven't we, kind of develop from townhouse, but obviously clearly it's always been called a townhouse event, but, you know, seeing them from like rented spaces, like um, the Longitude launch, and obviously in my case, like an actual townhouse the year before at the townhouse events in Clerkenwell and other places. It's really cool, I think, to see them develop in terms of actually getting obviously their own building is quite important to them. But the fact that they were willing to, or at least had the ability to move things around, uh, in order to make it different for the actual event, you know? Yeah, no, it was a brilliant space. Like I said there, we both went to a Longitude event in Greenwich last year yeah. when they launched the Longitude Watch. And that was the perfect place for it. It had to be done there, I think, uh, being that it was uh, in, in Greenwich uh, at the Meridian Line. Um, but yeah, they've got to start using that building and it is really, really well set up for that as well as a technology hub that they that yeah. actually it was built for. Um, like you said, we went there, I think it was last June, July, first, one of the first tours, we're both, as we're both mm -hmm. project leaders for Vermont Watches. Um, it was nice to get a walk around, but it was actually nice to go back, you know, how many months later to see what they'd changed. Mm -hmm. So if you remember that little things we've talked about, just the conference room windows being blurred out, but actually uh, the glass being etched in a certain design was really, really good because before it was just everyone could just look in and see what was going on in the conference room. Mm -hmm. But also, just like you said, how they use the area, the bar area upstairs for hosting and banqueting, mm -hmm. you know, they changed that around a bit. They, you know, there was better displays up there, as you already mentioned about the Lancaster Watchwinder and other things. That was really good to see to make ma maximum use of the space. And then mm -hmm. downstairs, um, you know, with, uh, in fact, you haven't mentioned it, the Formula One simulators. We'll yeah. Talk about them. Yeah, yeah that be. was good fun. So they were down there, weren't they? You know, before around at the around the corner at the military, uh, sorry, at the military project side of the displays, uh, and just using all of that space really to effect was was really good with a couple of little bars set up, um, and I think it will just go on and get better and better as they go through future 
townhouses and, and work out actually that was brilliant the space worked perfect but how about trying opening this uh, you know that front foyer is a really impressive thing to walk into yeah as soon as you walk in there's a formula one car there and a d-type yeah. jag which was unbelievable um yeah and there's a boutique there. you, as you walk in and the boutique of course yeah yeah but you know as soon as you walk in and see a formula one car when you launch in a formula one uh, inspired watch well that sets the scene straight off so you know, you, you're straight away uh, in the right space uh, and then walking through after going through the boutique uh, into a bar with, you know, lots of people that you, you know, may or may not know. But, uh, uh, yeah, definitely set the right scene, definitely. And uh, it will go back from strength to strength. I just think they're going to use it so much more now. Mm. And you know what? You haven't got to travel into London and there's car parking. So, yeah. perfect. you know, there's plenty of space to do other events. And I think in the future as a, as the summer months come in and when they're using it in that type of the time of year, it, you know, there'll be more stuff outside as well. Cause it's got plenty of real estate outside. So yeah. Really yeah. Good. They've got, they've got a lot of outdoor space, haven't they? Like I didn't even realize obviously at the end of the night or towards the end of the night, we ran into that team that they're sponsoring who are rowing the Atlantic. We didn't even realize their rowing boat was outside. Did we? Cause it was r- like <laughs> round the back. Yeah. Uh, it's just around at the uh, side patio, wasn't it? We just didn't yeah. even go out there. There's just so many places to wander, like you say. Uh, and like, uh, like we're saying, discussing, anyone can go for a tour. They just need to, you know, email in, sign up to when the tour starts, etc., and, and, and you know, and, and register an interest. I believe. Uh, so, you know, people that are interested, if they're in that area, it's definitely worth looking at uh, yeah. and, and arranging one. I think it's, I think they do one every day. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, and also, like you said, if you're in that area anyway, and you don't want to go into London to an actual boutique, that is pretty much the biggest boutique by floor size because it is you know what i mean like it's the whole front of that foyer you know well, i'd hope they'd have every watch there so uh, well that as well if yeah. they haven't got one at a boutique then uh, they're definitely gonna have it the technology center at the wing so yeah yeah ideal yeah. for that yeah exactly um but yeah no I had, a, I had a really good time and you know the other side of it what I, I enjoyed was just the fact that watch events have started back up again in terms of actually having people in yes we can all have virtual launches and I'm sure elements of that probably were virtually streamed and we just didn't realize it um but I think it's nice to get people into a room and that social element of these events back again you know we obviously did the I I would I term it as probably one of the first watch events um towards the end of the you know I guess pandemic you know depending on your opinion on that but the divers watches event that we did back in August September time you know it was just nice wasn't it to kind of have people in a room and you were talking about watches and looking at them instead of just on a screen and seeing all the various podcasts and kind of watch media kind of posting videos and photos up because it's always nice to have hands on with these things isn't it oh definitely and and nice to see people that you may have bumped into before and just meet yeah. up and make old acquaintances and actually make new friends because you know there was a few people there that I'd never met bumped into had a chat with and uh, you know have very similar uh, things in common so you know mm. people that uh, work even in the same uh, job space uh, as I do and, and and just you know having a good chat so it is nice to do that and like you said I think it'll go from strength to strength but you know Bramont didn't miss a trick uh, I think we went Tuesday night didn't we Wednesday night yeah. they did it all virtual so everyone yeah. in the world got to see it so it wasn't that it was only uh, closed to those that were invited to certain no, events no. you know the townhouse was on all week yeah uh, and then- but if you didn't get there at least it was done online so that's still yeah. good and people are more used to that now so that's i suppose you know that's very good for yeah for, for the brand i suppose 
Yeah, and they, they followed up as well on the, on the Friday. Or the Friday just gone was what they call an open house, um, where mm-hmm. literally it was just exactly that open. So anyone could literally just drop in off the street effectively to have a look if they wanted, which is always a good way to kind of get people into events um, who may or may not be as interested in watches in general, but maybe, you know, are interested in watches, but maybe not too sure on Bremont as a company because of their exposure compared to maybe other brands, you know, because obviously people have different interests in this in this hobby. And I think when they do a open event, you just get whoever's, you know, you could have someone who's really interested or you could have someone who's just mildly interested. And I think it's a good way for, like you said, to get that exposure, which is always good. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think they did coffee and cars on Saturday as well. So that was all yeah. the friends with sports cars and people that wanted to come along and show their car off a little bit. So yeah, lots I of was different gonna... ways of uh, hooking people into appearing. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to turn up at that coffee and cars thing, even in the uh, the, the courtesy car, but um, I decided uh, not to because yeah. I, I I thought the courtesy car was going to outdo the ones that turned up. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm not sure about that one. No, definitely uh, not. Yeah um yeah no good good events all around really yeah and like i said hopefully it's the beginning of more events um you know into spring um and then obviously looking forward to summer as well because there'll be quite a few i think watch events coming up in general um which would be good to get to um there's another company that's done a few launches as well that i thought we'd have a quick chat about um and it's probably one of my favorite Swiss brands. So we're going over the seas, back into continental Europe to where Swiss elves make watches, um, apparently. Um, and it's Amiga. So Amiga have done um, a couple of, well, a couple, um, a range of new launches. Um, but I thought that I'd just pick out a few of my favorites because it's my podcast. Um, the first one I wanted to talk about was the Ultra Deep because I just think it's cool. So the Ultra Deep is basically like their premier now dive watch. Um, it was developed out the back of a prototype, which um, went to the bottom of the Marianas Trench, which off the top of my head without researching it again, is one of the deepest places on earth. If not I imagine the it deepest is, I think, place. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure um, there's another trench as well. I think it's like the Levench... Le- Levention Trench or something like that. Raz, you're listening to this podcast. Message me when you listen to it and tell me which which trench it was. But there's two. There's, I'm sure there's one in the, in the Atlantic. The yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's one in the, in the Atlantic and one in the Pacific. But anyway, it went to one of them. Uh, and as you do, you don't strap the watch on your wrist and get in the submarine and go down to the bottom. You strap the watch on the outside of the submarine and go down because that's just the way you want to do it. But effectively, Amiga did a titanium dive watch, which could withstand, I think it was something stupid, like 6,000 meters, um, or at least a production one, um, which they launched this week, can do 6,000 meters. But because of its testing uh, and the Metas, they have to test it to like a percentage above it. It was tested to 7.5K underwater, which is mental. Like, you're never going to be going to wear one that deep. No, exactly. You're never going to go that deep. It's, yeah, what is it? 1,500 bar or something like that. 15,000 meters tested. Something crazy like that. Just to be the toughest tested watch at uh, at depth. Um, 
I mean, that could have been done in a chamber, but no, I think, you know, whether they've dropped it right down in the Mariana Trench or a trench or what, uh, you know, gosh, that, that, you know, that's just deep. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and absolutely crazy. And I mean, um, not actually having held one, having a quick look at the specs, it looks like a bit of a chunky watch, uh, of uh, course. Yeah. Uh, you can imagine uh, it is to sort of compete with that depth, but apparently it's quite slim compared to what it could have been. Yeah, um, they did say that. Yeah, and, so, and I... They also said as well, which is interesting, they made their own steel, which I hate the name. I yeah. hate the name. I hate the naming convention of this steel because it's literally called Omega Steel. Like Omega. All oh, right. Um, yeah. And um, so anyway, apparently it's harder than three sixteen L stainless steel because of the yeah crush depth of I guess that it can get to. Um, but what I think is interesting is similar to the Tudor FXD. It's got those cool lugs that are integrated into the case so they, they call yeah, them so mantle mantle lugs, lugs. Isn't it? yeah like mantle lugs but i think the design is slightly better because you can slot your there's a gap yes so you weave your strap in at an angle and i think it just offers potential more options because we've all been there haven't we we're feeding nato straps through or zulu straps or zulu alpha straps through, or just any single pass strap and sometimes you just can't get them through the lug gap can you unless you have like bent spring bars or all that kind of stuff so the idea that you can kind of slot it in at an angle i think just offers the ability for more strap ranges i think that's quite practical i think that's quite cool um but you're right it's a big watch i think it's the size or very similar to like a garmin fenix like which is obviously a gps watch so if you're into that kind of size you crack on and wear it I personally don't think I could wear it every day. Um, but what is also, I think, quite cool, unlike the Tudor FXD, is they've offered this thing on a bracelet. So, oh, right. okay, I haven't seen yeah. it on a bracelet, but uh, with those lugs, that's a specialist system they must have that works. Yeah. I mean, with those lugs, the Manta lugs, they, they come down quite low. So you yeah. end up with a really high profile watch. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you saying you couldn't wear it, it'd be like you wearing a dumbbell all day long, your skinny wrists. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you'd have to change arms every now and then. Uh, well, it's a, it's a good thing. It's, it's a good going. thing. Yeah. And it's a good thing they offer it in titanium because obviously it's lighter. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, but, you know, even, is it liquid metal? I think they're calling it for the, yeah. uh, the flexible sapphire, the case body assembly itself. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably, I, I don't know what the depth of it is, but it's got to be a good, a good, uh, you know, 20 30 mil depth or something, something. I can't be that yeah thick. but uh, it must be pretty thick because you know I've, I've seen pictures not in reality but it's a pretty chunky watch it is yeah uh, which it's, comes up quite high off those lugs um yeah and it's so whatever wearing it. yeah it's whatever strap you choose to wear it on you will have to add that height onto it won't you which is yeah of course know. yeah so i think it's it, it's definitely like you said i think it's a it's definitely a tall watch it's for someone who's got a big wrist and it's for someone who's like a serious diver. Um, but what's interesting is the fact that it's pretty much all of them are available now and you can literally walk into Amiga boutiques and AEDs and pretty much order one. Like, you know, they're, they're available, yeah. which is Well, they're not cheap, so uh, I don't think people will be rushing in to buy one. Um, no, they are the best but, part uh, of 10 grand. You're right. They are the best part yeah, of 10 think... grand. Are they that much? Are they even more? I think I don't know. I'm not sure. I again I haven't priced one up, but uh, you uh, you're right. Um, they are available. Uh, it might be easier to get hold of, maybe just because they're not to everyone's taste for that uh, the mm. size of it. Um, but 
not many people are going down in uh, submarines, so whether it's needed or not, uh, I'm not too sure. No, it's it's but... probably going to end up a bit like a you know a Rolex, uh, deep sea sea dweller, something like that. You know where you know if you've got big wrists, uh, like the man you mentioned a minute ago, I think just pick one up. Uh, they'll they'll fit well. Um, yeah and wear well uh, and if you'd like a good you know weighted watch on your wrist then fair enough but uh, yeah probably not to everyone's flavor no definitely not definitely not but i think as a thing of engineering i think it's just a quite a cool thing to, to talk about um the other one that was kind of more of a highlight because they released some aquateras in different sizes and different dark colors they didn't really do anything for me um the way i look at those is they're great but I think they're trying to jump on the multicolored or brightly colored sports watches kind of hype that kind of came out the back of the Rolex ones a couple of years ago, which is fine. You know what I mean? And again, clearly, because, you know, people have been talking about it, you know, forever. Availability is on those watches. And, you know, last year when that Tiffany Dard one just went through the roof in terms of value, if people have that money to spend on, they, you know, wanted a Rolex with a bright colored dial, but they can't get hold of it. Clearly they can look to their competition. And if, you know, without, you know, slating it, if, if Omega have the ability to offer something exactly the same in terms of specs or near as damn it with the same aesthetic, people I think are going to jump on it, which clearly is a good, you know, um, thing for Omega, but they just personally don't do anything for me. Um, the one that did do a little bit more for me in terms of what I liked about it in terms of the launch was the new Speedmasters. So they've basically got the racing ones, you know, the ones with the two the subdials instead of the moon watch, which is the three subdials. So yeah. the, the 50, they call it the Amiga 57 because obviously it's based on the original ones that came out in 1957. Um, the complication is sub two subdials um, and then a date, which is always nice, but they finally put a new movement in it. So I did some research. The movement is a brand new Metas chronometer movement and it's called a 9906. Uh, it's got a massive display case back, which is quite cool. Um, you know, so you can see pretty much everything. And I think that looks really cool uh, in the back. Um, but the aesthetic's quite cool. I mean, I, I like Speedmasters anyway. I don't own one, but I think they're really cool. Uh, my favorite one is the black dial. Um, it's always going to be a black dial. But what I like about it is that it's a sandwich dial. So they've obviously cut out the hour indices. And then underneath the back, they've put a lumen, uh, you know, a patinaed luminova plate so you get a similar to like what panerai do where you get depth on the dial um and i think that kind of sets it apart from obviously the other ones that came before it that are obviously black 57 uh speedmasters and i just think it just looks a lot cooler so that was quite cool to see um again would i buy one don't know if i got given one for free definitely he'd wear it um but you know what i mean i, <laughs> I, think I like anyone wears a watch that's free yeah, you know, I mean, I, I like I like Speedmasters. I think it offers a new option, you know, if you don't necessarily like the three, um, the three star, uh, the three sub-dial professional versions, you know, like the Moonwatch. Uh, and they come in some funky colours. So you've got black, you've got a red, and I believe you've got a green are the only colours that I've seen. Um, like I said, oh, and a blue. Um, but for me, like I said, the coloured ones don't really do anything for me. If I was to buy one of these 57 Speedmasters, it would definitely be the black one because I just think it looks a little bit more timeless in design. 
They're not doing one on a white dial. I was starting to think about that earlier when you were talking about the 57, but mm. not too sure. I don't, I don't know. So I hadn't seen the one on a red dial, but uh, yeah, that's a bit of a funky colour, isn't it, really? Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's like yeah, a... And like you said, that case back is really nice because it's just near enough the whole, uh, the whole back of the watch. So uh, uh, you really are getting all the detail uh, mm. of that full uh caliber movement in the back there so yeah yeah it really is and pretty funky. and also like admittedly guys it's a hand wound movement as well so like you don't get you know the cool rotor weight spinning but what you do get like you said it's just a lot of you get to see all the jewels i think that's what's quite cool and you can see the balance going and you can see bits of the hammers and stuff when you press them so you know but like you said i just think it looks cool because like you said it's it's the full back um and i think a lot of watches i think need to have that so um we said it didn't we actually going back to Bramont very quickly that was something that was really cool with the williams watch was the fact that you could see pretty much the whole movement um whereas slightly different chronographs you've got a smaller um display case back on the Bramonts as well so yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice uh, looking. Like I said, just just that detail of when you're winding it up every day and uh, yeah, and seeing what's going on in the back. Really, uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that uh, rotor weight actually hides more than it uh, shows uh, because yeah. it is quite an open case back rather than uh, you know a smaller uh, case back. It's uh, showing all the detail. Yeah. So there you go. But there you go. That's um, basically the yeah. latest the latest watch launches. Uh, mine and Mark's opinions on them um, and then townhouse and that kind of stuff. So um, before we move on to closing notes, Mark, have you got anything else that you want to add in terms of watch releases that you've liked um, in 2022 so far or anything like that? Um, God, you put me on the spot now. There's so many different companies yeah. out there watches out there. Um, I don't know what I've got my eye on. Probably the Vertex M60D uh, maybe yeah. next. We did, did go and have a look at that uh, with Don over up in London at mm -hmm. Mayfair before Christmas when that was launched. Um, mm. Really nice watch. Um, I think I'd go with a no date just because uh, I've got so many watches with dates on and every time I'm swapping them, I'm changing it every five minutes. So it'd be nice not yeah. to have to do that, but uh, that's just a personal preference. But, you know, with a little hints of what it's got in the design, the, you know, the, the, um, the bezel uh, taken from the uh, sight adjuster on a Bren gun, you know, just to give it some history. Mm. Uh, and, and just the look of it and the weight of it, it's a really, really nice looking watch. So maybe that's next uh, on the cards. Um, have to save me pennies, I suppose. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, they do look really good. I wasn't at that event, um, but I've obviously seen the photos come through of guys on the group and guys who obviously follow the, the pages and just in general Instagram, because obviously that's all my Instagram is full of is watch photos. Um, it's really cool to see. I like that Vertex now have a dive. I think, you know, I think that was something that they had been missing in their overall collection for a while. And that's not to, you know, any slight on Vertex because you can see how they've developed and why they developed the way they did. But I just think having a diver offers a lot in terms of, you know, overall company kind of like offerings. Um, but I would also agree with you. I like the no date more than the date. And it's it's also because I like the three six nine markers i like them you know what i mean i like the fact that oh, it's that's that depth it's got that standard vertex you know 3d luminescent markers and i think yeah. to be missing one for a day for me is just a little bit of sacrilege i think i i'd happily 
you know, forego a date just so that I can have as many 3D loom markers as possible um, on that watch. Um, and also, like you said, for watch photos, it's easier without a date, isn't it? You know, it's cheap. <laughs> Not so much for the photos, just, exactly. just changing the watch every other day. And then, uh, you know, when, when you finished wearing it and not wound it up for a few days, uh, it's just changing it. And sometimes it comes a bit of an annoyance, but you're right. You know, those raised nu uh, numerals on, um, on the watch uh, in, in the indices and everything else, that loom just pops on a vertex. Everyone yeah. knows, uh, you know, it's one of their big selling points, I think, for the vertex, just that they've, you know, got that. I don't know of any other companies that do it so well. Um, everyone might yeah. boast about having the brightest loom, but nah, I don't think I've known anything that tops a Vertex watch on that. Uh, no, done, absolutely nothing. Done really well on that. And uh, like you say, if you don't have a date, you have a, uh, I think it's the number three, isn't it? So, uh, uh, yeah, really, really cool. Uh, I think that's probably the next purchase, purchase of, if any, really, yeah. Uh, especially the way the world's going, it's crazy trying to get older certain watches, uh, yeah. as we all know, uh, unless you want to pay grey market prices, and I'm not in that game, so... Uh, no. Uh, no, yeah, no, that's probably the, the next investment. Yeah, they look really good. I just realised, guys, and I'm going to apologise because I can hear a hoover going off down my corridor. So in this recording, if that like whining noise, which is probably like Henry Hoover, like who's giving it big licks down the corridor, is in the background, I do apologise. Um, it's just the joy of military accommodation. So yeah, I, I'll apologise for that. Um, I have actually committed to a new watch. Um, that's going to get announced in the next podcast. Um, it is with a company, guys, which I've bought from before, um, had a really good experience with, um, and I basically wanted to buy a new watch, mainly because I could, um, but also I was interested in getting an automatic version of one of their watches. Um, so that should be inbound with me um in april realistically by the time it kind of comes across um but i'll keep you updated and like i said that should be mentioned in the next podcast so there you go i have a new watch on the way i did say i wasn't going to buy any more but this hobby is extensive so there you go right um i've got no more just on that i think you oh. said i could have your old one didn't you yeah Happy yeah, days. you cannot. Yeah, 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 gleaming. Yeah, so it's going to go out there. My old, my, my, my quartz version is going to go over to Mark for a bit. Um, there you oh, go. At least I'll wear it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. But anyway, so, so, oh, okay. so, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. It's all right, mate. So, yeah, uh, Mark's getting a new watch. I'm getting a new watch. And we're all going to be happy. Um, moving on to closing notes. Mark, as you're the guest, mate, uh, and tradition states, um, what are your closing notes? Um, let me just think. So uh, I've probably watched a fair too much of telly recently. Um, I binge watched last week the new Vikings Valhalla, uh, the one set 100 years after the original uh, Vikings series. Uh, yeah. The confusing bit for me is one minute I'm watching one on uh, Prime and the next minute it's on Netflix because Netflix has bought them out. But uh, yeah, so uh, really, really good mini series, six episodes. Definitely watched them all in uh, in one go uh, and and a late night, uh, but uh, really really good, really well made, and you can you know you can see uh, how it is the same people making it as in company wise mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. set uh, at the right time, etc. So yeah, really really good. I suppose that's one good mini series if you don't want to binge watch it. Uh, definitely worth uh, revisiting. And yeah. I think I I definitely I know, you binge. watched it. Yet? Yeah, I definitely binge watched it in a weekend as well. And what I liked about it is, like you say, because it's set 100 years later, even though the overall story at arc of Vikings in UK or England 
you know, is effectively the overall storyline. It's got a fresh new cast, you know, it's got a new take, but like you said, it still continues on from the original Amazon series, which I like. And, the, you know, they reference the older characters all the way through it, which is quite nice. So I like that link, but I also liked that it was a completely fresh new series um, and definitely one to watch. Um, hopefully yeah. there's going to be another series out the back of it. Who knows? I'm sure the joy of Netflix, they will just keep milking these kind of um, shows to death, which to an extent I have no problem with because it gives me something to watch over a weekend. So, yeah, I have watched oh, it. Definitely, Good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, and then one of those are film. So um, I haven't had time to read many books, but uh, recently over the weekend again, uh, or just last week, the Adam Project came out, didn't it, with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, why not refer to that? You know, he's a time traveller. Uh, we're talking about watches. Uh, and actually, there's a lot of uh, good shots of uh, all the cast, well, not all the cast, but two or three of the cast were in the, uh, the Speedmaster. Uh, uh, I don't want to give away the game too much of what it's about if people haven't watched it. But uh, yeah, there's a few people wearing them. So uh, once, you, once you watch it, you'll definitely pick up on it. It's yeah. Really good film. Yeah, I, I also watched that last weekend. Um, good film. I like the, there's elements of comedy in it, which is really good. Um, uh, which is obviously typical Ryan oh, Reynolds. Yeah, if you've now. got Ryan Reynolds think, in there, there's going to be something funny in there, isn't it? I think Ryan Reynolds now just plays himself, or to quote some, a friend of mine, I think Ryan Reynolds now just plays Deadpool in everything that he is in because uh, he's got that sense of humour, which is really cool. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I actually shared that clip in the timely moment stories of the watch bit because obviously it's clearly, oh, right. you know, it's quite a good scene. Um, because it's actually a part of the story arc, basically, isn't it? So it's actually a part of the story. Um, whereas yeah, yeah. It's, it's not just like in, funny enough, another Ryan Reynolds film, which is, do you watch that Six Underground? I know we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, but Six... Okay, so I'll, I'll explain it. For everyone who, who hasn't seen it or has seen it, Six Underground was a Netflix original se- uh, film, and it was all about, like, assassins, right, and all that kind of spies world. But the whole film was funded through advertisement, but it poked fun at it as well. So like they'll be driving and it will be a reference to coffee and it will snap to, and it was like Lavasa coffee, you know, but it was all very obvious. So because Ryan Reynolds was in it, it was like one of those dark comedies. So it just took the piss all the way through as well. Um, But the the whole film was obviously paid for by these but by, by these advertisements um and in that film it was uh it was a show pard watch not that i've ever held one but i remember reading it on the dial because it was obviously a very blatant you know product placement for that watch whereas i felt obviously in the adam project even though it was clearly product placement for amiga it was a part of the story arc and it fitted in in the story which is what i liked so so yeah, good yeah, film. Good. Yeah, 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 really good film. Yeah, I didn't want to um, give too much of a spoiler away. I'm watching the the end of the Adam Project, so uh, I haven't gone into it too much. But uh, yeah. you're giving the whole game away on everything else. But uh, yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, well, it's only on that scene. Like I said, it's only it's only that bit, that isn't it? So, you know, just comparing it to other films that they've done. Um, I've got two closing notes as well. One's a film and one's a short documentary. So um, the film isn't on Netflix. You're going to have to go and pay for this one. Uh, you're actually going to have to go out your house as well. Uh, so get dressed and, you know, don't go to the cinema in just your pants because I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Um, it's the new Batman film with Robert Pattinson in it. So 
Um, that premiered last week. Uh, it's probably going to be in the cinema now for forever because it's genuinely a very good film, in my opinion. Um, all I'm going to say is, if you're going to drink a drink through that film, drink slowly because it's a long film. Um, so yeah, don't don't smash down your Tango Ice Blast in the first 45 minutes and have to sit there for like another two hours and 15 minutes because you will be hanging out by the end of it. Um, and unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, it's one of those films where you do have to kind of concentrate on it. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's not really a lull in terms of, you know, the storyline. Um, but I felt that was good because obviously it clearly meant it was a captivating storyline and it was very well done. So um, go check that out. Be prepared for a long one. Um, and like I said, if you're going to drink a drink, drink slowly. Or Are you telling us you've got a weak bladder and that you I... drink in the first five minutes? No, then, but yeah. my, my colleague did. And um, he walked out at the wrong moment, shall we say. Um, and yeah, missed. it turns out a, a fairly important bit. Um, and obviously, because we had, were all watching the film at the same time um, without seeing it before, we didn't know it was important until, you know, later on in the film. And he, he was sat there a little bit confused. So, yeah, don't don't drink a drink through that film. Um, the other one I've got is a lot shorter. It's about 12 minutes uh, relating back to the Amiga. I just dropped my pen. Um, relates back to the Amiga Ultra Deep. Um, on YouTube, there is actually a documentary about that expedition. So Amiga did a short documentary. And actually, if you go on the Amiga YouTube channel, there's actually quite a few short documentaries, which are quite interesting. And they talk about charity work and uh, some of the ambassadors that um, Amiga have that have other facets to their career that you wouldn't necessarily think of. Um, obviously, all to do with Amiga and their charity work as well. Um, but obviously this one is all about the, you know, um, you know, scientific exploration of the sea. Um, and they talk about the actual exped itself. They filmed on the exped and then obviously they then go into Amiga headquarters with the actual watches that were developed for that exped, the original Ultra Deeps, which obviously clearly the production ultra deeps have been developed from so um if you're that way inclined go check that out there is another documentary on there which i'll suggest and i will just throw it in the front in the show notes but they also did a really cool one about amiga's relationship with the olympics so if you've ever wondered how that came about and you've got a spare 40 minutes um they did a really good documentary around the time of the rio olympics about how that relationship came into being and then obviously the technology that goes into some of the time timing devices that are used in the Olympics now, which is quite cool. And they've got some really nice interviews with Olympians as well, past and present. So that was quite a good documentary as well. I'll throw it into the show notes. But other than that, I've got nothing else for you. Um, thank you for bearing with me and Mark talking about um, all things watches, releases and Vikings and all that kind of stuff. Um, look forward to the next episode, which I endeavour to get it out on time and not skip a month um my uh, calendar will actually free up a little bit or at least lessen up in terms of my day daily running in terms of how manically busy it is with a course um so hopefully um the april episode you won't have to wait too long um but other than that i've got nothing else for you mark have you got anything else for the listeners no no thank you for having me uh yeah good chatting to see you uh, i'm sure we'll catch up again soon 
Yep, definitely will do. I'm sure see you at another watch event uh, of some kind um, in the spring. But guys, take care and I will see you in or hear from you as it were in the next episode in a bit. Bye. Thank you.